Patrick Elias with 2.32 left in the third. And the Devils have taken a 2-1 lead. Here's Grossman with a wrist shot and Brodeur snatches it out of midair. Here's 88. Lindros makes the move. And Lindros is powered down to the ice by Scott Stevens. What is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Trey Matthews. It's Saturday, everybody, and, uh, well, uh, hmm, uh, You know, this is my first time posting on a Saturday, so I got nothing clever to say. I just hope you guys are enjoying your off day and relax and just, you know what? You better be listening to this podcast while you're chilling in your recliner drinking a cold drink. That's all I'm saying because you worked hard this week. So let's get into it. If you hadn't checked out yesterday's episode, I highly suggest going back and listening to it because today's episode is a follow-up to yesterday's episode. That's right. I said on Friday that I'm going to do a two-parter episode about the CBA and how it affects the New Jersey Devils and also the NHL as a group. So pause this podcast and watch part one right now. Before we get back into the swing of things, I just want to acknowledge one thing, something very important. I want to acknowledge Seattle for getting a professional team to play there again. No, I'm not talking about the Seattle Supersonics, but the NHL continues to expand. First from Vegas, now they're taking it up north a little bit. That's right. Seattle is getting an NHL team. It was announced by a very cool promo that I saw on Twitter. I might need to post a link to that in the description because I cannot play it on this podcast because I'm pretty sure that the music that they used was copyrighted and I can't afford to get a copyright strike on my channel. So anyway, check out that promo. It was really nice. And who am I kidding? You would just hear the song. You wouldn't even see the cool visual effects. Man, what, what is wrong with me? You know what? It's Saturday. Usually my brain is at rest on Saturday. So, you know, Give me some slack. So the NHL Seattle expansion franchise announced that its team name will be the Seattle Kraken, unveiling a logo, wordmark, and uniforms in that video. Kraken won the team's fan poll, which did not determine the name on its own, but it had a major influence. Remember how people voted for the Devils to be called the Devils back in 1982? I guess this was the same thing. Keep in mind, 10,000 people wanted to be called the New Jersey Devils due to the legend of the mythological creature called the Jersey Devil. Check that out. Speak of the devil. I posted that a few episodes back. Give that a listen as well. Anyway, back to the Seattle news. Unfortunately, the team will not be taking the ice this upcoming year. You're going to have to wait until October 2021 is when you officially will see them on the rink. But congratulations to Seattle for getting another professional sports team. That fan base deserves it. I heard that Seattle is very big on their sports. They just need more opportunities. Obviously, they got the Seattle Mariners out there. They got the Seattle Storm. It's such a shame that OKC moved moved out of Seattle. They were once called the Seattle Supersonics, very popular team, very iconic logo to this day. And it's nice that the NHL decided to reward that city and the state of Washington another sports team because from what I heard Seattle is very big on their sports as I stated but anyways as happy as I am for Seattle this is not locked on Seattle blank 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 this is locked on devils thus we are going to be talking about hockey regarding the devils so let's get back to business and let's discuss the CBA Now, if you were too stingy to go back and listen to part one from yesterday, I guess I have no choice but to catch you up. So basically, we are going to finish talking 
talk about the CBA. I'm going to talk about uh, Tom Fitzgerald and his interview with Amanda Stein in regards to this new CBA plan and give you my initial reactions and my opinion and my viewpoint of all the answers because you guys really seem to like when I do this. So I think this is going to be our thing going forward. I'm going to find some interviews and break it down when necessary. Like I'm not just going to take any old interview, but if it's an appropriate time, I will get an interview, feature it in this episode and give you my perspective on it. So basically before yesterday's episode ended, we looked at a couple questions that Amanda Stein asked Tom Fitzgerald, the GM for the New Jersey Devils. And one of the questions was, how does it feel to have a CBA officially established? And he says it's a good thing because the players, the coaches, the owners, they don't want any stalling. They don't want any dispute. And I agree with him wholeheartedly because no agreement means no season. So that is a very good thing that a CBA was able to be integrated with no delay because... As some might remember, after the 2012 Stanley Cup and the NHL went into a lockout, what happened to the Devils? They took a few steps back because their young guys got rustier, got out of the groove, and now here we are, we're in rebuilding, so you don't want a repeat of that. So it's great that there was no delay, that there was no hesitation, and that we have a set future. And also Fitzgerald was talking about how he wants to get his veterans and he wants to get some of his young guys to some sort of camp, some of them individually, so that way there isn't too big of a group in such a small area because remember, we still have to incorporate social distancing to the best of our ability and also work with health experts so that way we can all be working out and getting back into the groove of things while not putting anyone at risk and also not violating anything. Okay, you're all caught up now, so let's move on and let's continue with this interview between Amanda Stein and Tom Fitzgerald. Amanda, take it away. And I think it is encouraging to see that the date is mid-November because otherwise that layoff could have been, you know, close to a year, it would have felt like. Um, So that's certainly encouraging that you're going to push for that. Now, when it comes to long-term planning, this is a unique scenario with this new situation where you're going to be working in a cap or a flat cap world um, where you really know for the next couple of years exactly where that cap is going to be at for your team. How does that play into a benefit for a team like yourself and also where you do have ample cap space available? That's a great question. It's a, it could present itself as a very exciting uh, time in our, our, our this stage of our Mm-hmm. I guess where our team's at. Um, I've always pushed the, the, the learn the win phase, um, which is pretty simple to figure out, you know, understanding what it takes to win hockey games and, and the sacrifice and selflessness that goes into it and, and having confidence to come back from a 2 nothing deficit and understanding how to hold on to a 4 nothing lead. Um, this this potential opportunity, um, you know, you, there's, there's some excitement. Um, how far in advance could something push us down the road? That's unknown. Um, but with the cap space, with the cap staying flat, you know, we feel there could be situations that present itself where we can we can improve our, our, our personnel um, a smidgen quicker um, rather than, you know, hey, a full force. Like we're going to just jump right into the X phase down the road. Um, we want to do this the right way. You know, continue to build through our young players, uh, build through the draft, build through development. Um, but like I said, if something presents itself because we put ourselves in a situation where 
we may, may be able to take advantage, we'll take advantage. You know, I remember one time saying that Tommy's got jokes, and he got jokes right there in that interview. He stated that we need to learn how not to blow a four-goal lead, and he's absolutely right. Now, in all seriousness, he's absolutely right. Yes, we have the cap space, but we have to be smarter than what we've been doing the last few years. New Jersey, I hate to break it to you, but it's not going to take one player to turn this franchise around. This is why I like Fitzgerald. He's smart. He says you build through the draft. So you hear that Fitzgerald is 100% committed to a rebuild, and that's what we need in this day and age. So yes, we have the cap space, but save that money unless you could get someone extra special. Don't just hand it out like candy. Be smart, and let's rebuild through the draft and work our way up to the top because we can get there i feel like we have the potential to so let's not do anything stupid so fitzgerald a plus on this answer is that sort of speaking to having the cap space to potentially take on a contract from another team who is up against the cap and wasn't planning for this you know making trades that perhaps you know weren't foreseeable because of this situation yeah, no, that's exactly what I was uh, meaning. You know, with the cap staying flat and our cap space um, availability, yeah, there there could be situations that present itself to us uh, where we, you know, we feel we have assets to give up um, to get better. At the end of the day, you draft assets for the New Jersey Devils. Every player you draft is an asset, whether they actually play here uh, and or, or you move them for someone who plays here. But at the end of the day, it's about New Jersey. Um, and if there's something out there that presents itself because we're in a situation, because we have space, because the cap is flat and other teams are in trouble, then we're, we're going to look at every scenario out there um, if it makes sense for us to improve. While Fitzgerald acknowledges that this team is young and needs development, he has not entirely ruled out contending and trying to compete. I'm sorry, contending is a strong word, uh, uh, compete. Let's just say like he doesn't want the Devils to just roll over and uh, just lie down and just say uncle let, let, let's just say that that's not who tommy is but anyway what, what was i saying oh yeah uh if an opportunity presents itself the devils are going to pounce and they're going to do everything in their power to try to get that player onto the team because their salary cap is flat and they have the potential to maybe sign someone trade for someone who knows but fitzgerald just said it again you build through your young guys, you build through the draft, whether they play with New Jersey or they don't. And I respect that because patience is key. You have to trust the process. And when an opportunity does present itself, then pull the trigger. But at the same time, don't rush anything. Don't be stupid. Don't be neglectful. Don't be any of that. Just take your time. See what works best. See what fits where. If we need to move a couple of our young pieces to maybe get some other younger assets or maybe if we could take on another player's contract who plays for a different team. You know, there's just so many factors that could play in. Because like I said, even though the Devils aren't really a threat, I wouldn't say they're too far down the rebuild ladder as some teams might be. So I feel like the Devils are in a pretty okay situation, even though it's maybe not the most ideal situation. It's not a we're in the red kind of thing. So anyway, yeah, that's my opinion on it. The other things that was in this understanding is that players will be allowed to go to the Olympics should everything get resolved with the IOC. Um, exciting time for hockey as a whole, but as a general manager who has, you know, in particular a player like Nico Hischier, who I would just go out on a limb and say he's a lock for Switzerland. Um, how do you feel about that? 
Well, there's no bigger stage in the sporting world than the Olympics, and if your game can be represented there, it's it's a it's a win for for our league. Um, that's how I look at it. I think secondly, this is what the players want. They want to do this. They're passionate about it, and I, and I understand why. Um, it's a it's a I'm sure it's an incredible experience. I I was never afforded that opportunity <laughs> to play, play in the Olympics, but I've heard nothing but great things from the people who've gone to. Olympics, they, they all seem to want to go back. So it must yeah. be unbelievable. And I think I think that plays they're very passionate about it. And I think that's something that the league looked at and realized that it was a it's a big thing for not only the players but uh, for our league. I mean, hockey wouldn't play until the two thousand twenty two Winter Olympics and quite honestly I would be stunned if this whole pandemic was continuing for two straight years. Like I, I, I of course I, I think um if the players have the right to go back to their respective countries for a temporary time, then I feel like they have the right to represent their own country in the Olympics for just a couple weeks. I mean, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much expected. And, you know, I'm not trying to be insensitive or anything, but I don't think this pandemic is going to continue for two plus years. So, um, yeah, Nico Heischer represents Switzerland, but please do not beat America. Well, then again, I think America would lose to Canada by then. So, you know what? It doesn't even matter. But anyways, uh, Tom Fitzgerald said he never had the honor to represent in the Olympics. But it should be worth mentioning because I said it a couple episodes ago that he was, in fact, a coach uh, for the 2010 Deutschland Cup. So even though he didn't really represent the United States per se, at least he has some sort of international experience you know, representing the country. So, Tom, don't be hard on yourself. You were a coach. Yes, it wasn't in the Olympics, but you know what? You represented us well in the Deutschland Cup. Or I I think you did. Hang, hang on a second. Yep, they got second place. So, yeah, Tommy, you represented us well. So don't be too hard on yourself, big guy. You did well. And while I'm aware that hockey is indeed a winter sport, so they wouldn't be in this year's Summer Olympics, I'm kind of bummed out that that Olympics did unfortunately get canceled due to this whole pandemic because it only happens once every four years. And watching the Olympics and watching these athletes achieve their dreams, representing their countries, working hard, the competition, just watching all these countries just come together just to play one sport and go head-to-head in some friendly competition, it really does suck that it got canceled because, you know, just amazing. That's all I could say. I'm lost for words, and, you know, usually I don't get lost for words, but you know what? There's always next year because that's what they're projected to do next year, which is it's going to be the 2021 Olympics instead of the 2020 Olympics, but my one question is, will the next Olympics occur in three years or, the, or are they going to just do it in four years? Because remember, it goes 2008, 2012, 2016, 2020, and now it's projected to be 2024. Is there going to be 2025? I don't know. But you know what? That's up in the air and I'm, it's not my decision to make. But I just wanted to put that out there because I love the Olympics and I love when these athletes come out and just compete and put on a show. You know, and just to wrap up here on all this information that's coming at us um, about the labor piece, and I know we started kind of with this, but just to see the two sides come together so fast has to be so encouraging in, you know, the type of world that we're currently living in. Unfortunately, the Devils aren't part of the 24 teams But hopefully going forward, you know, all this is good news for the New Jersey Devils, especially how you explained it to us, Tom, uh, just how we can use our cap space in particular. To me, that was like the 
you know, the pièce de résistance in the salary cap. Sorry to go French on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. I, I um, it's funny how things work out when there's a little bit of urgency to to it. Yeah. You know, um, and it just proves down the road that if people want to make a deal. Two sides want to make a deal. There's always a deal to be made, um, instead of dragging things out and punching each other until someone's bleeding and someone's got to. It just it, it's proven to me. I always I always felt that way. Um, that there's always a deal to be made, and why does it take so long? Let's do it. And, and, and you know, when it comes to CBA, there's so many things yeah. in it that that need to be ironed out. I get it, but philosophically. Two teams, two people can be on the same page, then you should be able to get a deal quicker. And like I said, uh, it seemed to be a little bit of urgency in, in this one, and, and look what happened. If two sides want to make a deal with each other, then a deal can be made. That's exactly what Tom Fitzgerald said, and he is absolutely 100% correct. In this case, I believe there was a mutual respect between the Players Association and the front office because they're like, listen, nothing is going to be normal. And if we don't get out a deal soon, we're going to be losing more than just profit. We're going to be losing more than our salary. So let's work together. Let's put our differences aside. We don't want to do this. We know you don't want to do this. So let's just try to work out and hammer out a deal so that way we, we could just get this over with. Hey, maybe the Devils should hire me to be their GM because I believe I just summed it up. But anyway, uh, going back to what Fitzgerald said, he is absolutely right. It's great that we got a deal in this quickly. I'm glad that Amanda brought it back up again because it's double important. And you know what? We're just lucky to have hockey back. We're just lucky that two sides came to a deal quickly. And now the question is, what do we do moving forward? We don't know. We just got to take it one day at a time. We got to take it one test at a time. We just got to take it day by day. And once we cross that bridge, we got to encounter it. We've already crossed so many bridges, and we still got ways to go. But you know what? With the way everything is going, I have the utmost faith and confidence that the NHL and the Players Association will always have a deal worked out so that way we can have a season and we can avoid a lockout. All right. Woo! That was a lengthy interview, and we are down to the last questions. Amanda, hit it. So finally, when you talk about striking deals, we talked about you know the salary cap situation. How are things in terms of some of your major RFAs when it comes to Mackenzie Blackwood and Jesper Bratt? Does this labor piece, I suppose, help you in getting the right deals for these guys? Well, we're always looking to, to make those right deals. You know, we it's still a comp, uh, comp league. Players' salaries yeah. are comp to one another. Um, and that's not going to change. What will change probably will be the escalation of some contracts um, because of the obvious what we've been talking about. Uh, so with those players in particular, we'll we'll start pick up we'll pick up because uh, I've had talks with both Jesper and, and McKenzie's agents um, in the past. So we'll pick those conversations up, just kind of see where they're at, understanding that we're in a we're in a new world here financially. Um, hear them out, see where they think things are. At the end of the day, like I just said, it is always a deal to be made. Um, and these are two, in particular, players that uh, are extremely important to the success we're going to have in, in the organization. So we'll we'll get something done for sure. I will tell you one thing. I am getting sick and tired of these video interviews. You know why? Because Tom Fitzgerald's video was glitching throughout that entire answer. And, you know, sometimes that can be irritating. But you know what? Uh, digressing a little bit. Obviously, he couldn't go into full detail because... 
those kind of things are very confidential. I felt like he gave the best answer. All you need to know is there's a deal in the works. They're going to do whatever it takes to form a great roster. And I think he gave the best answer he could give. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that entire interview. Uh, I had to break it into two parts because it would have been hell to try to fit that into one episode. So thanks for tuning in to this two-parter. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope it gives you a clear sense of what the CBA is and how it affects the New Jersey Devils personally. I also need to tell you guys that I will be away temporarily. So if there's some breaking news that's going to happen to the New Jersey Devils, I won't be able to report on it in the next couple of weeks, but I will return. And don't worry, I have episodes prepared for you guys and the show must go on as they say in showbiz. So next week, I'm going to have all crossover episodes. So I did Sabres, I did NHL, I did Kings, and I also did the Red Wings. And I will post all of that for next week's schedule. And the week after that, I have a list of guest stars lined up to talk on the show. Some are hockey fanatics, some are college hockey players, some work for my station, Adrian College Television, and some are just basic hockey fans. And just we want to hear everyone's perspective because it's an open hockey discussion. So that's on tap for the next two weeks. Thank you for tuning in to the Locked On Devils podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I can't wait for you guys to hear the crossover episodes, and I can't wait for you guys to hear the guest stars. Have a great day and continue to stay safe, New Jersey.